Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Today on the show, I've got one of my really good old friends from UWM. Um, she studies international relations, right? Yeah. And uh, she is in her final semester of school. Congrats to you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, it's snowing. It's the first day of, it's fucking snowing. I didn't realize that when I got here. Yeah, that's why yeah, I know. I woke up and it was like, oh, just a blanket of white outside the window. Yeah, I know it. And it's Halloween. Happy Halloween. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to catch it up. We're going to talk a little, a little bit about her passions um, and, you know, her abroad trips because she's been across the world as well and uh, what her goals are uh, with going into international relations. So, Lindsay Zimmer, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. How are you? <laughs> uh, super great. Good. Busy. Exhausted most of the time, but you know, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely a, a caffeinated culture that we live in. That's I for sure. have developed that thing now that if I don't have coffee, I just get the worst headaches. Mm -hmm. I thought that was like a mom thing. Oh yeah. But now I have it. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's not just a mom thing, it's also a, it's a dad thing too. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'm the same way. I've already had two cups today. It's not even noon yet. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very tired most of the time too. Still an anxious wreck. Yep. But I'm a happy, anxious wreck. I, I like feel to that. Think. Yeah. I think that's a good mood. Yeah, definitely. Like I'm very like content with the way things are in life, and uh, very happy to have you on the show because I haven't seen you in so long. So long. It's I. I, I can't even remember. No, neither can I. It's it has to have been when I was like still in school or something like I that. I think so. Which was a year and a half ago. And I didn't even know you lived in River West now. I know, nobody knows I live in River West. Yeah, well, I tell most people. Oh uh, yeah, How, you're living uh, off the grid now. Kind of. Yeah. My apartment is beyond smaller than this. Oh yeah, really? But is I, it a one bedroom? Yeah, I'm but sure. I pay like River West nothing. Mm -hmm. My dog seems to be okay. He's That's not good. really, he's a child, so he's not really active. Oh, oh really? I love chows. Aren't yeah. they like really like aggressive though he yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's just very protective they imprint very uh early so he imprinted on my partner and when i moved in it took me a long ass time to like create a relationship but now we're good i'm good well, good for you <laughs> nice that's awesome i have cats that are somewhere around here they're probably sleeping right now but um, they're kind of, uh, they have a troubled relationship with each other because like <laughs> one of them, so the girl, Lucia, um, she is like, she's the social one. Like she loves when I have like episodes cause she loves people. Yeah. She'll come in and she'll like want to, she'll want attention. Like she just regularly like solicits attention from everybody, but she's very territorial and she's like a cat that like needs to be by herself. Like. She's a cat sh that should be owned by herself. Okay. But then there's Pancake, who... <laughs> I 
love that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I'll have to introduce you guys at some point. But um, but he's like a lot like he's more shy, so he doesn't come out during like episodes or when I have guests. Like he doesn't come out here as much and it also took me a little longer to like build a relationship with him, but yeah. he's really sweet. He doesn't have a mean bone in his body and he just wants to play. He likes to play, and he like will try to play with Lucia, and she'll hiss at him, oh. and hit at him, and growl, and it just does not fuck with him. You know, <laughs> she's she's over his shit. You know, she's sassy. Very sassy, yeah. But you know, animal link. <coughs> it's fun to watch, but you're also like, damn. I feel bad for Pancake because he doesn't have anyone to play with. I love that Pancake. It's so hilarious. Yeah, yeah, he's he's real sweet too. But yeah, so um, yeah, so what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. Those are the core tenets of the show. And um, ever since I've known you, you've always been really passionate. Um, we've always had things to talk about, whether it's your record collection or the, the paintings that you used to make in your room and uh, or just you know uh, all the places you're going because you used to travel a lot like when you were in school right? I still do yeah. yeah not as much right now but as soon as I'm done man. yeah <laughs> right yeah but, but like you were always like a like very like creative and explorative person like I like mm, everything yeah I like everything. Everything is dope, yeah. And I like learning about everything. I think the only thing that I like kind of pause on is like chemistry. Because it's not my jam, but I yeah. love the... I love everything. Chemistry is rough. Yeah. I didn't do well, and I just never went yeah. back. Neither did I. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. That's not for me. Yeah. But um, you, won't, you wouldn't see me on that side of campus, no, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Are you still painting at all? I don't paint as much because I don't have the space. Mm. I still get inspired by stuff though. And I make, I, I have like 80 memos in my phone of just like things that I think would be fantastic yeah. for when I have the availability for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You have to like block out time to like be able to be passionate about something. I feel yeah. Like, you know. Or just painting is just kind of. It's expensive. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I used to have just like the best space in my first house, my new hall house. And I think that's where I felt the most inspired all the time. Oh my God, that's where we met. I know. Yeah. That wow. was my favorite house. Yeah, that was a good ass, you had some good ass parties. I had there. some good ass parties yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, right. I had a party for like every single holiday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I like, it like uh, took me to like late winter to like make it to your house, but that, I remember that was when we like first met, and I met you at the duplex. Well, yeah, and then yeah, I remember you came to the duplex with Maddie and Catherine. Shout out our friends, and uh, I remember you were so like mesmerized by like all the posters that we had. You had so much crap. Yeah, yeah. There's so much to look at. Yeah, we we decked it out. For I sure. also was like just an odd. Like, how many people live there? Oh, yeah. It's a lot of dudes. Uh, a lot of dudes crammed into a pretty tight apartment. Uh, five people. Yeah, it was me and four other dudes in one place. Jordan, Brock, Jack, and Garrett. Yes. Yeah. 
We the original five. The original five. The <laughs> fabulous five. And we we threw a lot of fucking parties too, though. You did throw a lot of yeah. parties. Sophomore year was the year to throw parties. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Threw parties to the extent that they broke the floor. Um. Broke the ceiling. The ceiling. It was the ceiling. It was okay. Some uh, <laughs> some uh, backstory. Some context. We yeah we threw a lot of parties like it was like our unofficial frat house, um, like for the for a pie um, and we like um, we used to threw parties that like our friends would be like in the units but like everyone else that like we didn't know like we would just like keep them in the basement and we had a huge basement that had like two sides to it there was like the beer pong side. Yeah. And then there was like the dancing side. The music side. Yeah, the music side. And the last like couple weekends of sophomore year, like we had a couple really big parties that were DJ'd by the DJs, the Homewreckers, um, which are still who are still active today, but they're on the club circuit now. And um, they like literally and figuratively wrecked our home <laughs> because like that last like that last party we had I remember like just it was Destroyed it was yeah like the there were like holes that were punched through the drywall and like there was the, the door kicked in the door was kicked in the ceiling started collapsing um I saw the ceiling start to collapse and I literally bounced out. Oh yeah. I was like, gotta go. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Long story short, we did not get our security deposit <laughs> back. But um there was actually also this is funny, there's a hole that was made in our uh in uh in our own unit actually because Brock and I were like dicking around and he like tackled me into the, like the, our our chalkboard that we had. Oh on in the, the wall. kitchen? Yeah, in the kitchen. He like we like ran into that and smashed a hole in the wall, Jesus. and we covered it with a uh, Pearl Jam poster. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we had some great ass parties, and I remember like a couple months after I moved out, like me and a couple of our friends, like I remember like we like snuck in like in the basement through through the back to see if it was all I still there. That. And all the damage I remember was like still there. The Snapchat stories. Yeah, yeah. Back when people still use Snapchat. Yeah, I don't have Snapchat anymore. Yeah, no one uses it really. Uh, all of the people at my work use it, and they're all like shockingly older than me. Not like shockingly, but like I'm shocked that they use Snapchat for being that much older than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like it kind of just like got a little too like complicated. Like, they try to add too many features to it and shit, and it just kind of got. I kind of liked how simple it was yeah. back in the day, you know, like picture boobs then. Exactly. Yeah, and like the stories were cool too, but after that, like I got kind of bored of. I don't really use Snapchat unless the only thing I really use is to post my episodes. That's all I really use it for anymore. Yeah, but. I don't even have it. I like have started getting rid of things that I'm like. Don't waste your time. Wow, you're so off the grid. Oh my god. I really am. Nobody, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm just like in my own little bubble. Yeah, right. I've been reading a lot though. What have you been reading? Uh, the last book I read was actually Goldemeyer, her oh. biography. Goldemeyer, she was the. She was a diplomat for Israel. Israel. The first diplomat for Israel, and she grew up in Milwaukee. 
I actually didn't know she was from Milwaukee. I know that's well, who the, who the, the library. Yeah, library. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Arab-Israeli conflict right now. How are you liking it? Uh, David Bruzen is a great professor. He is highly educated. Yeah. But he's very good at not being biased either. Oh no, he's so good at it. Yeah. Class is just structured really boring. Yeah, I did. I remember like I really wanted to like the class, like actually, but. I nope. like the material. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know if I like the actual class. Yeah, it's very, it's like, it's very, um, it's very, it's a very important topic to like actually like study and understand, especially if you're emotionally connected to it. But I had a hard time engaging in it because I remember the movies are really boring. Really boring. No one talks, no one talked in my class, so we didn't even really have like any good discussions. But the but the books though are oh, really great. good. Like the side by side. I read. I bought all of them because yeah. I really thought they would just be educational yeah. and purposeful. It, it's. I think that like, it. I mean, it definitely made me empathize more with the Palestinian narrative, because I had only really been like fed the Israeli. Israel like Zionist side like growing up, and you take it at face value, and you're like, oh, there's people that don't like Israel, they must be anti-Semitic. But when you actually like understand that Israel did and still does a lot of really fucked up shit. Yeah. Like you're like, damn, like I think all of it, I didn't even realize how violent and traumatic over such a long period of time. Over a tiny strip of land. Over a tiny strip of land. So that's in New Jersey. It's just crazy. Like uh, the links we just discussed the Six Day War. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Insane. The curfews, the the ambushes, the fucking just like entire villages getting wiped out and shit. It was yeah, like I mean Israel like was against like all of its neighbors pretty much. And it, Everybody. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, damn. Um, yeah, it's it's complicated. That's, it's complicated. Yeah. That's that's the only way you can do it. Right. About. Yeah. So so you studied abroad, right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't study abroad. I lived in Ghana. Oh right. Oh, my sister did too, actually, for a summer. Um, which uh, how, for how long? Uh, like a month. Sure. I was working with a nonprofit, like as a fellowship. Okay. We were um, creating clean water resources and um, rural villages in Tamale, which is like the northern part. Mm-hmm. And then we were educating youth and training women entrepreneurs to run the water resources as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody asked me like a few years ago, I think of my, my friend Claire, it's like, why would you ever pay for water? And I think that's a luxury that we really have because you don't realize that like part of your utilities is water and you do it like whatever my water bill whatever not a big deal but for them it's everything and water is a commodity we just don't have to see it yet because we have those resources right because it's socialized it's socialized yeah because like yeah it's just something it's like if you rent a place or if you own a house you have plumbing. You have it's water. just there, yeah. I had the worst travel back. I think it took me just like an insane amount of time to get back. My flight in JFK was terrible. 
and I arrived at like 3.30 and was just like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to get home. Mm -hmm. um, I had a car. My dad actually was really awesome and got me a car and brought me home. But I was so exhausted that when I got home, I was like, I don't have any water bottles. How am I supposed to brush my teeth? Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to like go to the bathroom and stuff. And I was like, oh wait, I have water. Mm -hmm. It was, it was like so, it was such an insane feeling being like, I have this at my disposal so easily. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like the stuff that we had to like, I had to do all my own laundry in a bucket. I had to shower a bucket and then use a mini bucket to help with like wash your hair. Oh, wow. It was crazy. Yeah. You had to learn how to filtrate and chemically like, like we had um, fluoride tablets and stuff that we had to like to take all the crap out and mm -hmm. then filter. It was just like everything was a process when it came to water. Damn. Wow. It's really like made you think about how lucky every single thing you have is it's perspective yeah, just insane sure. perspective is uh was electricity another one too because i remember when my sister was in ghana i remember she would say that like the electricity and like the like air conditioning was like very limited and stuff i had a i stayed in a hostel i loved my hostel nice um we had electricity um, we had it most of the time, but we also weren't there most of the time, so it wasn't like a huge necessity. They did have air conditioners because it was like prime hot season, mm -hmm. um, but me and my roommate, Mary Reed, we were stuck in a room, not stuck, we were placed in a room, sure, sure. we chose it actually, so it's not our fault, that <laughs> yeah. uh, didn't have an air conditioner that was working. So for the first two weeks, we slept without an air conditioner, and I think the coldest it ever got was like 95 degrees. Oh my god. So you would just have to like sleep and not move and hope that you wouldn't sweat through everything you yes. were wearing. Oh my god. Damn. Yeah, that was like, that's like as hot as it gets here, pretty much. Like, yeah. That's... The hottest day I think was 119. Dude. And... You can't even like breathe through that shit. And they were celebrating, oh, I forgot the holiday, but um, it's their fasting month. Mm. So they don't eat or drink water for the days of, like, when the sun is, yeah, until the sun sets, they mm -hmm. don't eat or drink. And so these women would be helping us work in the sun. Like, we would be lifting stuff, painting stuff. They just, like, carried on. Like, nothing. And I was just astonished at their I mean like their work ethic in general is just amazing mm -hmm. they do everything sorry but men don't do shit in Ghana they don't do anything except help with farming but they do have um, like ox they don't have horses oh yeah ox yeah like ox mm -hmm. and they have insane amount of goats the most goats you will see in any country ever like it's a delicacy in a lot of African cuisine, I know. I don't think they eat them. Oh. I was going to say the um, the Blue Star Cafe on the east side. Uh, okay. It's like an African cuisine place, but uh, um, yeah, I remember goat is like one of the things you could eat. I don't there. think they eat their goats. That's why there was like triple the amount 
of people in the villages. Oh, I see. It was insane. Um, but the women would cook, clean, take care of the kids, everything, collect water that was miles away and have to carry it on their heads. They can carry everything on their heads. Yeah. They have the best posture because they carry babies on their front and on their back. Mm-hmm. If it's not your baby you're carrying, you're carrying someone else's baby so they can carry as much as other stuff. Yeah. They just have the, their strength was insane. Just like how strong they were just because of all the work they had to do. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. They're yeah. just beautiful, intelligent, strong people. That's amazing. Damn, yeah, that's like goes back to everything you were saying about like how much we take for granted. Yes. You know, how much, you know, technology and resources and readily available things that, you know, make it so a lot of that stuff is, you know, we don't even, it, we're not even conscious of it. Yeah. It's just like our society. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Um, Ghana was definitely my favorite country I've ever been to. Yeah. What other countries have you been to? I have been to Spain, Paris, Amsterdam. I went to Aruba last year. Mm-hmm. Went to Mexico. Most of the Caribbean. Nice. My father and my mother, when they were together, owned a um, travel agency together. Sure. So I've been fortunate enough to have those resources at my fingertips, like you said. Yeah. You know, right. like yeah. it's just been the, a privilege that I am so grateful to have to mm-hmm. experience other people's cultures. Yeah. To experience everything. What was your favorite uh, place in Europe you've been to? Probably Amsterdam. Yeah. It's so clean. Really? It's pretty cheap, uh, is my understanding, as it's like not that expensive to go to as far no. as other European countries yeah. go. Yeah, Amsterdam was pretty good, so was Spain. Nice. Um, I really enjoyed Spain. I went with my high school friend Maria. We had the, we had the best time. Nice. Um, we did a lot in Spain, but I was only in Amsterdam for a few days before Ghana. Oh, sure, yeah. And it was gorgeous. I went to the Van Gogh Museum. Oh, right. Uh, for those That's who right, right don't up, know, I'm completely obsessed with Van Gogh. <laughs> right up your alley. What was the movie that came out last year? Loving about- Vincent. That was made out of like all the paintings. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the one with Willem Dafoe, At Eternity's Gate. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Oh, yeah. That's about his life, too. You have to watch it. Okay. <laughs> That's with Willem Dafoe, who also went to EW1. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, for a year and a half. Yeah, he went. He went it counts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So Mango Museum—that's really awesome. It was gorgeous. Yeah, I, like I see like the rolling countryside of like the Netherlands, and I really want to. See. That's that's like a huge destination I want to go to. It's beautiful. Yeah. There's so much to do in the city. The food just, look, not all the food that I could eat, but like, um, they have espresso carts everywhere. Really? It's like the first thing I did. Oh. <laughs> um, and I bought, they have just like really cute carts with like such different things everywhere. There's museums on every street. There is weed available. Of course, <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, hopefully that will be a federally recognized thing. Soon. In the next couple of years, we're hoping. It better Especially be. Especially here. Yeah. 
definitely. Yeah, shout out Eepers. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I want to go to Europe so bad. Like, I feel like I would. I'd really love to go to Scandinavia. Oh yeah, that's like one of my like big places I want to go to. I, I'm really fascinated by like um, just sort of how it's like so close to like the pole. So like the way like the sun is they just have an entirely different relationship with the sun so like their days are either a lot shorter or much much longer i think their government is just the most fascinating and thing. socialized they're just so completely okay with everything yeah like yeah they're the only people doing it right <laughs> yeah yeah i know like they got it going on and it yeah. just so happens that everyone from Scandinavian countries are beautiful. Oh, yeah, that's true. Intelligent, beautiful, speak many languages. <laughs> oh, my God, the dream Universally healthy. Oh, my God, totally, like, the dream people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so what made you want to go into, like, international relations when you, like, first came to college? Like, I guess, like, what really, like, drove you to, like, you know... Embark, yeah, embark, yeah, embark on the journey. I wasn't really involved with politics. I came to UWM as an art major, as painting and drawing major, and I needed elective credits, and someone told me I should take peace studies and conflict resolution, which I have a certificate in. And um, in the class, I learned so much. That's actually, uh, they brought in a pro bono lawyer from Marquette who works for um, the Greater Task Force of human, of Milwaukee. It's a human trafficking yeah. um, nonprofit. And that just kind of sparked my interest in human rights, um, civil rights, a lot of just like more law-based things than politics. Mm -hmm. I consider going to law school. It's not really my mood. Fair. It's not my personality. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I we watched a documentary a month later about a war journalist who would go to different parts of the world and just like take information, interview people, you know. And he was in Ethiopia, and the civil war there was just insane. The displacement of people, the refugees, is probably the largest in the entire world. And he was interviewing a man who on camera was so skinny, like suffering from- Emaciated. Oh, that, yes, okay, yeah, that, yeah. good word, I couldn't think of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, just like the definition of starvation, like on the brink of death. And he said like, what, like, how do you get up every morning? And the man replied, um, my relying faith in humans. And I thought that was amazing. Like, his hope that he had in people. And I thought, like, I have roof over my head. I'm attending higher education. I have access to clean water. I have access to food. I have clothes to, like... I have everything I would possibly ever need in order to survive and I feel I how could I feel ungrateful and if I have this mindset of like having faith in people and having hope constantly would I be a better person would I contribute more 
And so I started getting involved in politics, I started following politicians, I started educating myself on what was going on. Mm-hmm. Because if you are not paying attention to what is going on, you are abusing your privilege. Boom, that's the T. <laughs> yeah, like... If you don't care about what's going on, you are abusing your privilege. Another good one is uh, if you're not angry, you're not paying attention. Yes. And which comes from privilege. Um, like, I get so mad when people talk about, like, when anyone says, like, they don't care or like politics, I'm like, well, it's literally, like, the, the way of the world, so... It's going to affect you, and you're going to get mad about it and not realize why you're mad, right. and then... People that don't vote, that, you know, absolutely, <laughs> like, it's like, I, it irks me beyond belief that, like, you know, someone wouldn't you know, cast their, their right that many people died to have the freedom for. Fought for us to Literally, have. Literally, for us to democratically elect our politicians. And it's like, well, you don't have the right to complain then. Like, you know, you don't have any room to... It, and it's like, the fact that you have, like, the ability to go about your life and live, you know, with all of your privileges... And that, you know, your life may not be, like, adversely affected by the fact that you didn't vote is, like, that's entirely out of privilege. Yeah. You know, you you have enough privilege to where, like, you don't feel like you need to constantly think about it. When there's many people that, like, it literally affects the entire world, too, because it's, like, when you think about it, we think about how, like... People of marginalized communities, people of the lower class, people of, you know, whose human rights are essentially, like, put into, put in, yeah, put into question by, like, our legislative governments, like, day by day, um, you know, people of color, trans folks, you know, anyone who belongs to the LGBTQ plus community, you... Also, don't think about how, like, you know, our U.S., like, diplomatic relationships with other countries and U.S. imperialism and, you know, basically how our power, our world power that we hold as a country, which is directed by our current administration, how that affects so many people worldwide as well. Oh, yeah. And leads to the deaths of millions of people like it did when... uh, for example, the Iraq War. Yeah. How much we destabilized the Middle East. You know how much U.S. imperialism has caused. You know, just unfathomable civilian death and 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 uh, civilized like de- societal destabilization. Yeah. It's like if after all that you think that your vote doesn't count. It's like... Your vote fucking counts. Fucking... <laughs> like, I can't stress it enough. Like, Go and vote. need a fucking Do you know vote, how important man. this next election is for us? Yeah. I think... I'm assuming that your viewers are, like, people who are in our generation. Mostly. I, w- Mostly. I would say. Uh, or the parents of our generation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to your parents. Shout out to the parents. Sorry for my language. <laughs> uh, but it's so important. Yeah. 
the political administration that currently sits in the most honored seat in the world is taking advantage of everyone and it's time to take that back i think that there are some yeah. beautiful candidates oh i know i want to socialize the crap out of this world oh yeah and i don't think people should be afraid of that people need people that actually know that the status quo doesn't fucking work for all of us yeah we talk about the liberties and freedoms of all americans but only really works for like you know the top percent yeah it only really like works for those with privilege yep it doesn't work for the marginalized communities that have to this day not been granted equities and yeah, I mean, I, I've decided, like, pretty much, like, I'm definitely uh, Team Burn. Um, I, I think I'm going to support Bernie Sanders in this coming election, um, or at least in the primaries. But, um, yeah, like, we have, but still, like, we also, but there's also great candidates, like, Elizabeth Warren is a great candidate. I will be supporting Elizabeth Warren this year. Yeah, I, yeah Elizabeth Warren's a great candidate. I would not be... I would have absolutely, like, I would not be upset at all with an Elizabeth Warren. Can you imagine if they ran together, though? That'd be my, the, that a dream team. Power duo. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I get anxiety thinking about like, the not yeah, like the the <laughs> others. Biden. Yeah, Biden. Think about if like it's Trump and Biden, like. Biden will win, but it's not going to get us anywhere. Yeah, it because he's still you know. Riding on the coattails of Obama, it's still just... That's where his popularity is based on. Right. It's, it's all he appeals to in the debates. is like, I've actually done this. You know, I did this when I was vice president. Did you do that or did the president right. do that? Right, yeah, yeah. And, like, it's... And the thing is, it's like, I'm not saying that Biden is, like... I mean, he's done great things, but it's, like, his time is, like... You know, he doesn't represent the needs of the people. Right. That is the yeah. political... He's a neoliberal. Yeah. Like, he still, like, benefits from the system. Yeah. You know? And, I don't know, I, like... I, I would still vote for him if it were him and Trump, but I wouldn't be happy about it. And that's what I was saying. It's like, I still get anxiety to think about, like, if the outcome of this election, you know, is anyone else than... Either the two that you and you or I have yeah. supported, and like, it's like if Bernie Sanders won, like I would probably fucking cry, like tears of joy. If Elizabeth Warren won, I cried during the last. I would one, cry, so. yeah. <laughs> Not great tears, but crying, yeah. I'm saying cry in the other direction, like just actually feel like we have a glimpse of hope of getting through, of like actually like making it so like this civilization is more livable for everyone and not just those that who the system suits that is a beautiful reality you know we're thinking of we're talking about fucking scandinavia you know <laughs> and you're like man this seems so beautiful and so livable well wouldn't it be nice if like we, we, could, did, yeah. we didn't have to relocate right wouldn't it be nice if we socialized more things you know if we th wouldn't it be nice if like our health care actually like could pay for like pre-existing conditions. People, I feel like, have such problem with the like. You hear, we're gonna raise your taxes, and you like. I'll fucking pay higher taxes. I don't give a okay, fuck. Okay, but you if know, you think like, about what your taxes are going towards now, right? You're not paying for that person's food stamps. You're paying to support um, 
taking our troops out of Syria. Like, you yeah. are paying for our interventions and military aid and all of this crap, and you're blaming the oppressed people who don't... Right. It's systematic and grotesque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I yeah. wouldn't care if I paid more taxes if I was going to help every child go to school right. or give people resources to right. be healthy or right. mental health awareness right. or or paying for you know a person who identifies as trans to be able to have access to hormones or just you know anything or, right like or bettering the lives of human right. beings because they are human beings right. and they deserve yeah. their human fucking rights exactly or yeah like or allowing like folks that are uh, disabled to like you know have better accessibility to other facilities or yeah to, like help lower class families you know be able to like get a, a living wage yeah. you know because the minimum wage does not work for anyone for anyone. Lindsay, thanks for having me thank you for being here this is great to great to catch up with you great to Reflect on where we're at. Yep. Uh, but we're going to work towards making it better. Yes. Yes, we are. We're me and you. Just the us dream team. Yeah, just, just us, us too. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Lindsay, tell me what keeps you up at night. Oh. oh my gosh, that is such a heavy question. Usually it's just anxiety over work. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> money. Money, yeah, right. <laughs> Those finances. Finances just get at me, but... Fiscal deprivation. There we go. Yeah. Such great language. The nomenclature. (laughs) It's a science. Oh, what puts you to sleep, though? Reading. Reading, right. Uh, I read autobiographies, biographies, social justice, just the things that help me learn what's going on more. Beautiful. Well, considering someone of your caliber, it's... You don't even need the fiction so much. <laughs> like you're, you're, you're trying to. We're trying to shape, you know, the, the prosperity of our of our society. So just doing my part. Yeah, we can't. Hey, you can't fucking. You can't know what to do next if you don't understand what didn't work before. There we go. Thanks for being on the show. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad you could do it. Um, so fucking vote. Fucking vote. I'm going to hunt you down if you don't vote. We see you. Yeah, we know you. We know which one. (laughs) Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Bye.